0: Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Twirl Talk Podcast. I am your host, Liz Cox, and y'all today, like every week, (laughs) is an amazing, amazing episode. Uh, Today's conversation and our guest, it's, it's just a gift. I am so grateful for what my friend Ree and I got to talk about today and I I say it at one point in the conversation but um, it would have been really life-giving for the two of us just to have have exchanged this conversation but the fact that we get to have had it and that you all get to hear it as well just feels like a gift Um, her words are just so life-giving and they come straight from the heart and you feel that uh, throughout the entire episode if uh, you do not know who Rhianna Bossy is, first of all, she's a dear friend of mine who I adore with my whole heart. We met back at Making Things Happen, which if you're not new to the podcast, you know is kind of a common theme of a lot of our guests. Um, Southern Weddings and Making Things Happen has put some of the most incredible people in my life and Re is one of them. Um Rih, is Rhiannon Bossy, but anyone who knows and loves her <laughs> calls her Ree, um, which is what you'll hear me call her for the, the rest of the hour, uh, but Ree is a Michigan-based wife, mama of two, lifestyle blogger, and an international wedding planner and floral designer through her business, and Bossy. We talk about everything under the sun, you all, from in the beginning, we talk wedding talk, from trusting your vendors and their vision and their ability and their talents and the way that that can carry such harmony throughout your entire wedding planning process to tips from tips for planning an international wedding Um, everything from how to transport your dress to um, things you for sure should not forget about like marriage license rules and regulations to passports and all of the above. Um, and then we, towards the end, which is my favorite part of the episode, we dig really deep about uncovering your why and how to build an intentional life. And Ree shares all of these things from years and years of personal experience, which makes it that much more special. If Ree is not on your radar, guys, I am so thrilled that after today she is, and that you're gonna get to be a part of um, the journey that is her life and she's amazing and does an amazing job of sharing it openly and beautifully on her her own blog so you really do feel like you get to be a piece of her story I um, I want to give a huge shout out before we get started uh, to our amazing podcast sponsor for today, Simply Done Invites. Simply Done Invites is a local to Lexington, Kentucky custom design invitation company that can serve brides nationally. They don't just customize pre-made invitations just to match your colors, but they start from scratch and make a design that is 100% original to your wedding. An invitation is a guest's first look into your wedding day. From your save the dates to your day of stationary, Simply Done Invites wants your guests to be just as excited about your event as you are. What better way than a customized, designed invitation and paper theme that will perfectly fit your style? Simply Done Invites is here to help create a day to remember by creating an original paper suite just for you. Be sure to use the code SIMPLYTWIRL for free RSVP envelope printing. Thank you so much to Becca and her team for their amazing support of the podcast and especially today's episode with Rhiannon. Uh, guys, I'm going to quit rambling. You're going to quickly find out why I love Ree so much. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with the fabulous Rhiannon Bossy. All right, y'all. I am so excited. One of my dear, dear friends is on the podcast today and... She may not be familiar to a lot of you because she's not from Kentucky, um, but y'all are going to be obsessed with her by the end of this episode. <laughs> um, my sweet friend Re is with us, and Ree, I I say this about all of my guests, but like I could talk about you and all the reasons I love you all day long. But tell tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, what life looks like for you.
1: <laughs> You're so kind. I'm really excited to be here and. Wish I had this Kentucky um, sweetness to how I spoke, but I don't. I have a, a hybrid Michigan-Canadian um, accent uh, selection in my sentence structure. So we'll have to just bear with this difference of lingo today here. Um Love it. Yeah. So like you said, I'm Marie and I am from, um, originally from Canada. I live in Michigan now in Grand Rapids, which is on the West side. I've lived here for about 15 years and I am married. I have a husband, Andrew, and we have two little boys, a three and a half year old and an eight month old who keep us very, very busy. Um, we also have a rescue dog and we live in a house we built, um, that we love very much. Um, We love our life. We love going to the market. We love um, summers in Michigan. We love just doing a lot of things at home and and being really content with a simple type of lifestyle. Um, Professionally, I've had a wedding planning and floral company for the last decade, Mm -hmm. and that's under my own name, Rianne Bossy, and um, that's been a really great journey so far. We've done a lot of traveling for our events, a lot of international weddings and clientele, Um, and because we do the planning, the design and the florals, that's really allowed me specifically to branch off in a lot of different areas, whether that be with editorial projects for, you know, magazines, editorial shoots, um, contributing writing pieces in blog formats, things like that, um, workshops, teaching at workshops. There's just been a lot of facets to my business, which has been really great. And then I guess my original first love and where this all started from is my blog. So... Mm -hmm. I was a journalism major. I actually have two journalism degrees. And um, when I graduated in 2008, if you remember the economy at that point, Mm -hmm. um, and there weren't many jobs, I, in the middle of job searching for a on-air journalism um, gig, had started a blog just in an effort to kind of fill that void while I was applying for positions. Mm -hmm. And that blog was a um, baking blog at the time um, because I thought if what do I love and what am I good at and how can I write about that? Right. Uh-huh. And, um, that ultimately turned into a blog about our wedding planning process and that ultimately spun into, you know, what this business is now. So the blog these days is very lifestyle focused, mm-hmm. um, to encompass all the different areas of my life that I am passionate about. But if everything disappeared in the blog remained, I think I'd be okay. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's been a really great core nucleus of all the different things in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, And that's me. I'm an Enneagram 2, if anyone's interested. Yep, Enneagram 2 in good health. In bad health, I'm a 3. And I think that's the competitiveness in me that comes out. Um, I was, yeah, I was a gymnast, an NCAA gymnast for 18, well, 4 years. But in total, my career was um, 18 years long. So um, I have a little bit of a fiery competitive streak in me. But more than that, I'm a, a big people person. I care very deeply about a lot of people. I thrive off of surprising people in good ways mm-hmm. um, and just love to make people happy. So that's
0: that's me in a nutshell, a big nutshell. <laughs> yes. No, I was going to say that was like the most perfect explanation of yourself, which oh, you. is great because I feel like some people like clam up and are like, I don't know how to talk about myself, but you did not. And <laughs> <laughs> I I know know what I'm you mean. really good at talking about myself. No, but I just love when people can give a good, accurate picture into their life. Yeah. Um, Great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You did so good. Thank you. Um, well, and for those that don't know and retouch on this, she is incredible at weddings, but like, I'm going to show all of, not all of her floral designs, but like give you a peek into it. Cause she is literally magic. You all like, seriously, I don't know how you make what you make or how your brain goes. Well, God just gave you that, those gifts, but, um, florals are something we haven't ever really touched on on the podcast. And I feel like that is, it's one of my favorite things about a wedding. I know some people are like, uh, I don't want, you don't get them for forever. Like I get that, but I just think they make an entire wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you would probably agree with that, right? I think that's why people like
1: flowers. Yeah. Because they're not forever. Yeah. They're, they're fleeting. It's like, think about vacation, right? Yeah. You, love a, va- you love a vacation because ultimately you're going to go
0: home. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's going to end soon. Or you mm-hmm. think about the baby stage with your kids. Oh, yeah. You know, like that. that's not forever. Yeah. And I think the sweet things in life are designed that way by God so that we could enjoy them the way that we are so inclined to do. Um, oh,
0: I'm never going to think about flowers the same ever again. Yeah. And I think,
1: yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons truly why I'm so drawn to flowers is that they're perishable. They don't Mm -hmm. last forever. They're so beautiful, but even flowers die.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I think flowers have given me a really unique perspective on a lot of life circumstances, Mm -hmm. you know, fluffiness aside and hearing that. Um, Yeah. Anyways, uh, the flower thing too, I wanted to mention. So it's funny you say that everyone like notices the flowers. That's actually one of the reasons I started doing flowers is... Mm -hmm. Um, I was just planning weddings at the time. So we Uh would contract out other florists for our clients. And at the point or at that time, we were doing full planning and design. So we are heavily involved in the color selection for brides and grooms. We were working very closely with them on floor plans and rentals and linens and a lot of visual detail elements, but not like actually putting the flowers together ourselves or sourcing them. So, we would go to mock ups with florists and I would ask about the tone of those hydrangeas or the shape of those peonies. Like, I was very involved in, in that, but mm-hmm. beyond actually arranging them, like, we just weren't the florists. Yeah, And it was a really large wedding that we did, a tented wedding for about 300 people. And it was a really fun theme we had come up with. And the theme was carried out through the, the entire event. It was a very clever event, design wise. And we had just finished getting, you know, the final pieces in place in the tent. And the bride's, I think it was the bride's aunt had walked in. And we all kind of looked because we like to keep people out of the tent until it's time. So they have that moment, right? Yeah. Don't see the, the man behind the curtain. And she walked in and let out like a gasp, like a, and we all kind of looked at her and she goes, the flowers. And I'm like, the flowers. I'm like, look at the dessert table we set up. And The brownies are cut into heart shapes. So the wedding was all heart themed. The brownies were cut into heart shapes and the white lacquered dance floor that we had heart decals like painstakingly placed down. So they were perfectly in sync with each square. And then the beautiful draping in the tent and the bars that were like draped in orange fabric that lit up to match the linens on the tables and the bowls of peaches and the heart backdrop that I made from behind the couple. And the like everything was so meticulously planned. And there were so many, literally thousands of details that made this wedding Look the way it did Uh so that the flowers would fit in perfectly. And the flowers were beautiful. I don't want to ever take away credit from any florist, but they weren't the only piece. They were one piece of a bigger puzzle that gave way to this experience that this Mm -hmm. aunt had when she came in. But like most people, this aunt's first reaction was to go to the flowers because yes, they were kind of like mascara on a full face of makeup, right? Like it's that piece that just like puts everything in the right place. And My first thought was, all she notices is the flowers and I can't even take credit for that. And then my second thought was, I want to take credit for that. So I need to make some changes. And whether that came from a a place of pride, I'm not sure, (laughs) but um, I'm glad that I acted on it because we got working really quickly. I got working really quickly to figure out how can I make this be a part of our services Mm -hmm. and how can I do this well? Because I don't want to just again, do something because do it. it's cute and glamorous and we can talk about the cute thing if you want, but I want to just do something because it looks fun on Instagram or it sounds good or, um, again, operating too much from a place of pride. Yeah. Um, so it took me about a year to dive into that side of my business and figure it all out so yeah. that I felt comfortable and confident by the time it came to offering that to the first bride that I did. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm really good at it and I really love it. Um, and I'm always learning. Um, and that's been a really great part of the business that, um, I'm grateful I took the chance on. So, yeah,
0: mm. yeah. that's so fun. I didn't know that back in the yeah. story of how you got into floral. That's so yeah. fun. Well, practically speaking for brides, what are some, cause it is, I mean, it can be overwhelming, you know, the, the planning process of design for it or what to pick, how to do it. I mean, hopefully someone just has a talented florist in their corner being like, you have this vision, I'll make it happen. But what are, I don't know, what, what do you kind of advise your brides and encourage them with when it comes to creating their floral design for their wedding?
1: I think with the state of our wedding industry and the overload of inspiration,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like go online, you'll find something you like, no doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. open Pinterest, open Instagram, open Facebook, open a magazine, go into a bookstore. There's pretty stuff everywhere overload. Um, yeah. So I think more than anything, you need to find a florist. And I think this goes for a dress store. Or this goes for anybody, but I anybody. think you need to find yeah. a a florist, a professional who you like as a person mm-hmm. and who has a style that you feel drawn to and maybe you can't pinpoint what it is but there's just something about the work they do and who they are that draws you in I think that's like the first indicator right Mm -hmm. I think then beyond that honing in on some specific design elements is really key and and I'm not talking about just colors like yes colors and texture and things like that are important but things like movement and context and angles and um what an arrangement makes you feel Mm -hmm. I think those are really important elements to work on finding and selecting with your florist But then beyond that, let your florist do their job. Yeah. It is. (laughs) I I can't (laughs) tell you how hard it is and how defeating it is as an artist and a creative to get a picture from someone and say, can you duplicate this? Mm -hmm. I can, but not exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Flowers are not like a dress where like, oh, we can get that, that design by that designer just in your size. Like, they're very different and unique. And again, it goes back to that perishable context. Like that's why I think we like flowers is that no Mm -hmm. two flowers are the same, but I think if you find someone that you're drawn to and someone's style that you respect, if you give them the creative control to create something within the realm of what you really love and feel drawn to, you're going to come out with something that's magic. Mm -hmm. And I think some of our weddings that we've loved the most that have had the most beautiful final product um, where the client's been the happiest and where we've even blown ourselves away have been those circumstances where we haven't been micromanaged. We've mm-hmm. been given guidelines and we've been given a direction to go in, but we've been given the freedom to run with it.
0: Mm, yeah, And I
1: think that's, that's what you do when you find an artist or a professional is you, you truly trust them to do what they're good at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Think about like a restaurant, for example. You don't mm-hmm. go to a steakhouse and go back in the kitchen and tell the chef, well, no, you need to sh- slice my potatoes this way, uh-huh. and I would like you to sauté my asparagus this way. And you're not making my salad dressing the correct way. And I'm going to need you to just um, grill that piece of bread the other way, the way it's like. You don't do that. You or- <laughs> you order what you like, right? There's yeah. a menu of selections. You pick the best thing you like, but then it's in the hands of the chef to yeah. create something for you based on their professional skill and what they think is best. And I know that's kind of a, a lame, you know, comparison. No, but, but that's so good. Yeah. But when you, when you trust the professionals that you hire, the experience is more enjoyable and the final product is more enjoyable because that element of trust is there. So yeah. I don't know if that was the answer that brides are going to no, be looking for, but
0: perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. No, yeah. and if that's not what they're looking for, that's what they need to hear. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I it's going to make your florist want to, not work harder for you because I would hope that every professional, but, but when you, when a florist feels trusted and valued, they're, they're going to make magic happen for you and then some. Yeah, Um, totally. Oh, and that applies to every vendor, not just florals.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, we feel the same exact way. Like if you come back in our kitchen, we're not going to be happier there. (laughs) (laughs) And, but if you don't, and you trust us to create what we, we know we are good at creating, everybody's going to be happy. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's like there's probably some life some life, life lessons, lessons sure. in
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the analogies and the metaphors, and think that they often give context for me to take the lessons I'm learning and apply them to different situations, where I can constantly enlighten myself and think, "Ah, this is an opportunity for growth." <laughs> yes. yes,
0: what can be learned here? Exactly, exactly. yeah. Totally, totally. What? Um, this is just me being curious. What's like? What's your favorite flower? Oh gosh, I get asked that all the time.
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like that would be no. So there's a rose called Quicksand, which I'm sure you know of or most. Be- it's a domestic rose, so huh. it's, it's not a garden rose, so it's not priced yeah. like a garden rose, and it is the most beautiful dusty shade of of pink.
0: Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, it I is, was gonna say, oh no, yeah.
1: Um, and it's just it's cost effective and it's the loveliest color, and the petal makeup is really beautiful and it opens beautifully too. Mm. And if you wait for it to open big enough, the inside where the petals start closest to the stamens are almost like a soft yellow. And it's just a really yummy, consistent flower. It always looks beautiful, yeah. it's always priced accordingly. I think we had maybe one wedding where it was hard to get that variety because so many people mm-hmm. wanted it that weekend. Um, but it's a really beautiful flower. It's very consistent. Mm-hmm. I love sweet peas. Yeah, um, I feel like they're just the, f- the perfect finishing touch to any arrangement mm-hmm. I make. It's very much a way that I get to my signature style, which has a yeah. lot of movement, a lot of texture, a lot of feminine touches. So sweet peas are great for that. Um, I mean, peonies are really beautiful, just yeah. for obvious reasons. I, I like them because I grow them in my garden, so I can have them in my oh, house for free. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Oh, hellebores probably mm. are one of my favorite too. Um, they're kind of jerks to work with. They die really fast. <laughs> we have like a list of flowers we call jerk flowers. <laughs> I love that. And they're things we try to avoid working with unless a client really, you know, specifically requests them. Uh-huh. But there's just some things that don't hold up and they look more beautiful in the ground than they do in a bouquet um so if we can work around those and find substitutes we will but really there's not a lot of ugly flowers to be honest there's there's even a place for hydrangea there's a place for lilies there's a place for i don't want to say gerber daisies but i'm sure there's a place for them um like a birthday party i don't know not my favorite but i think there's i think there's a place for every single flower because everyone has different tastes yeah
0: yeah yeah that's so good I love that. That was just that was just me being curious. I love yeah, it. No, I love that. Um, okay, I want to talk a little bit about you've done a ton of like destination international mm-hmm. weddings, and lately we've had a lot more um, in our world. Like Kentucky is normally not a place you hear of like elopements, and sure. I mean you don't come to us for them, but we have a lot of Kentucky brides that are like. We just had a bride go weeks ago, like Utah, crazy, and we've had yeah. a couple. Um, banff canada just like super cool places we've had some italy's i don't remember but talk to me about um just some like practical planning tips that you would give a bride when it comes to probably things she isn't thinking of or planning for but you're like oh my gosh please think of and plan for this when it comes to like destination or international wedding travel like Oh, uh, what somebody asked us one time. They're like, How do I travel with my dress? I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a great take it as carry-on is what I told her. <laughs> but I was yeah. like, I mean, because a- we've we've done that for when we shoot out of state. Like sure. if we're flying, we'll just take it as carry-on. But what are what are like funny little things like that that you're like, this would be really helpful in the grand scheme if you thought about this? Sure.
1: So you're absolutely right. Bring the dress as a carry-on. Um, a lot of times you can call the airline ahead of time and tell them what flight you're on and the circumstances that you're getting married and at the front of the plane, most planes, Mm -hmm. um, and usually if you're flying internationally, um, it's a big plane. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a space, you probably walk by it when you get onto your flight, uh, where the stewardess or anyone working on the plane can put their coats. Oh, it's like a tall closet type. Um, Yep. And it's usually across from the restroom or near the cockpit. Um, sometimes they'll put dresses in there so that your dress can actually hang for the flight and it's not being shoved into the overhead container. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I always say if you can call and request that that be where you put your dress, that's always like first resort, I think, best case. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're flying in the summer, even better, most people don't have coats that they need to hang. Um, otherwise, I've had some clients um, consider buying seats for their dresses Um, that obviously not in the budget for everybody. And some people might not care about their dress that much. Um, (laughs) It's an option. However, if your dress is very expensive or if uh, again, you, the money's not an issue. So that's an option. Otherwise shipping is an option as well. Sometimes some dress designers will, um, help you coordinate that. Or even the dress store will help you coordinate how that can safely get there with the right amount of insurance. Um, But even if you do have to shove it in an overhead container or hold it on your lap or whatever you have to do to get your dress there, steaming it when you get to where you're going, um, having the dress store you buy from connect with a dress store with where you're going so that they can help you troubleshoot. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all in this together, right? So I think helping you get help on the ground when you get where you're going to make sure the dress looks like it's in best shape is is helpful. It's, it's just getting the dress where you need to get it. That I think is the biggest problem. So, um, outside of dress related quirks, oh my gosh, we've traveled so many (laughs) places for weddings. and (laughs) How long
0: do we have?
1: Yeah. How long do we have? Um, planning a destination wedding involves so many different logistics than a local wedding for many different reasons, but I also think you need to keep in mind. So we've planned a lot of weddings where the client has lived where they're getting married, but it's different from where we live. Mm -hmm. We've planned weddings with clients who live where we live, but we're both traveling to a new place. like a local bride and we're planning her wedding, but she's going to Italy. Mm -hmm. Or we're planning from Michigan for a bride who lives in Seattle, but she's getting married in Seattle. So there's different types of destination weddings Mm -hmm. um, underneath the category. And I think they all just require, again, finding a professional that you trust who can help you make sense of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently had a, a consult with a bride um, who ended up not booking us. She was um, planning a wedding here in Michigan and she lives in LA and she's having an Indian wedding. And um, she had a lot of unique pieces that she needed help with and um, ultimately went with a planner in LA. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like I had some concerns about that for her because <laughs> This person in LA has no idea what's happening here in Michigan. Right. But then on the flip side, I don't do Indian weddings. Um, right. I just haven't done them before. I've done one, but it was a hybrid Canadian Indian wedding. So I wouldn't even consider that full That's Indian. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm like, you know, I have to respect her wishes mm-hmm. because for her, it was more important to hire someone who understands an Indian wedding versus someone who's on the ground in Michigan and knows what's happening here.
0: Right.
1: So I think you just have to be smart about your priorities?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, would you rather hire a planner in Italy who knows the language and the money and the terrain and what's going on? Or would you rather hire someone here in Michigan or wherever you live, mm-hmm. um, who's close to you, who you can meet with all the time and talk with in real time, who can travel with you and then troubleshoot for you when you get to your destination, right? Yeah. It's, it's understanding yeah. what you're going to be more comfortable doing yeah. and what situation is going to give you the least amount of stress.
0: Mm, that's good. Yeah. 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 minimal stress man and passports okay. so you have to have your passports
1: um they can't be expiring within six months of travel that is that is good that's yeah <laughs> that's so huge. yeah that's a really big one yeah I mean yeah. beyond like how are you going to get flowers and how your dress is going to get there yes those things are important but, but make like, sure you get all the legalities nailed down yeah, yeah. and make sure that um if you plan to legally get married in the place you're going to some places require shots they require specific paperwork like yeah. there's all sorts of funky stuff um based yeah. on your citizenship and just look into the legality side which i know is boring and you can't create a pinterest board to do that kind of stuff
0: but not cute but yeah
1: it's not cute it, but it's part of getting married and being an adult
0: so yeah i mean yeah. isn't that why um This is, like, so random, but Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, like, had to get married in Vegas to have, like, some legality thing. Like, they did that really quickly, but they're doing their huge wedding in France, but it was some, like... Probably. Or they just have a lot of money and want (laughs) to... I mean, that too. But it could be, yeah. I mean, that would make a lot of sense, right? Yeah. I think it was some legality thing. Yeah. I mean, I have a
1: green card, so I understand all of the... Yeah funky
0: all the, all the funky like our,
1: yeah our license when we applied for our license was very different than um you know had andrew have been canadian when we got married like it was right. like canadian marrying american in canada and then i moved to the u.s like that's wild yeah. there's some there's some pieces and bits that you have to go through yeah some
0: little yeah through
1: yeah it can be done though so yeah
0: many people have done it many people like, and they will continue to don't yes. don't forget don't forget your passport. (laughs) That could like, Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I would be a stressor. I wouldn't even want to think about that. Right. Right. Oh, Oh, terrible. I love all of those things. Those are so, those are the things that I feel like people need to hear, like whether it's flowers, whether it's traveling, like just all the, all the good things. But one of my favorite things about you and Rhea and I met for a little background on how we became friends at the Making Things Happen conference. I mean, gosh, many moons ago. Many moons. I mean, two, two or three years at this point. Um, but so we became friends not through the industry, um, but just through heart to heart talks for three intense days. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> And yes. we were we were both going through some stuff then, um, but it was good. It was good. So one of the things that I love so much about Ray is just your vulnerability and how you share your life so honestly and with such grace. Um, and I think the cool thing about which makes it relevant to this podcast is you you have built such an incredible career in the wedding industry and have had insane success, but you've, you've gone through a lot of shifts in the last couple of years, just with growing your family and, and what all, you know, you've had to pivot, I think a lot, what success has looked like in your career and your calling, like what all of that has looked like for you um, for better or for worse in a lot of ways. So talk to me, talk to me about seasons of life and how change we we've had this conversation before, but I would love to kind of have it with curtains pull back a little, just how change is inevitable. Um, but how you can transition with as much grace, <laughs> um, just from one to another and, and what that kind of looks like for you. That's such a loaded question. <laughs> I know. Oh. You can, you can,
1: uh, water it down however you wish. No, no. I think it's good because I, I am an open book and I'm happy to share anything and everything with almost everybody. Um, <laughs> almost everybody. <laughs> almost everybody. Yeah, there's going to be a filter sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. I think change is definitely inevitable, and I think I think it was Laura Casey, um, also a dear friend, who maybe this is even in one of her books, or but Probably. I don't know. So if, if, if this is from her, and then I'm crediting her, but that um, <laughs> oh, no, we God. all want change, but we don't want to do the changing.
0: Mm. That's good.
1: And I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Mark. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it's true. We all want to get to X or BX or do X, mm-hmm. but we don't want to do whatever it requires to get there. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can just be stagnant and let whatever happens happen to get there.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I think sometimes we have to actually like go through it, like, like physically be present and go through the changing yeah. to get to the real change that we want. Um I also feel like over the last three years, like there's been so many pivots. I feel dizzy from all the pivoting um, that I've learned that like doing hard things can be enjoyable,
0: Mm.
1: that just because something is hard doesn't mean it sucks Mm -hmm. and and something can be enjoyable and suck at the same time too, which sounds really weird. So like we can talk through that, but (laughs) I feel like my life has been a series of like really hard seasons, but they've been some of the best seasons of my life. Mm. and I have to almost think of my life in that capacity because my fear is I'm going to get 10 seasons from now and look back and think those were really great seasons. Why did I go through them with this like bitter approach? Right. Yeah. Um. Like our eight month old doesn't sleep through the night and our three and a half year old is um just very spirited. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a sour patch kid. Those commercials were like, they're nice yes. and naughty. That's, and maybe that's every three and a half year old. I'm not sure, but um they're just a really big handful and they're loud and they're messy. And Everett cries all the time unless I'm holding him. And Lachlan is one of those kids that just like pokes Everett till he cries. Like they're just two little boys and they're funny, but um, I just feel really tired a lot, like physically and emotionally. But my tank is really full because I'm doing the things that I really love. And that's being like a hands-on mom with my kids. And I just keep telling myself the more I think about how tired I am, the more I'm going to want to be out of the season. Mm -hmm. Then when I'm out of the season, it's going to be gone. And I don't want to look back and be one of those moms on Facebook when I'm 50 being like, soak it up, kids. (laughs) Like, I'm soaking it up, sister. I'm pretty soaking wet with all the things (laughs) happening right now. So it's a fine balance between recognizing something is hard, but also recognizing that there can still be joy in the hard. And I've had to lean into that in a big way because I'm so black and white. Mm. like, well, if something's hard, it can't be good. And if something's yeah. really like vacation shouldn't be hard because it's enjoyable and it's relaxing and you know what I mean? And this hard situation, like losing my mom, like that can only be hard. Well, no, there can be some like really great life lessons in that too. So again, trying to find that gray space has been really valuable for me while I'm going through change because again, we're always changing. It's an inevitable. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't, um, I don't know if that answers that question. No, totally. But, it was a pretty open-ended question. Could- yeah. And I didn't know where that was going to go, but um, I also feel like sometimes we crave change and we don't know what it is, or we know what we want the change to be, but we don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. And I've been working through a lot of that specifically in a lot of different areas of my life, personally and professionally, where I felt almost restless. hmm where I feel like I know what I want to get to next, but I don't know how to get there, and I don't know if now is the right timing. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that I think that's been tricky about change is wanting the change, but also being wise enough to know when it's
0: time to make the move towards that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and wanting the control of that, but not but knowing you actually don't really have it. You you have no control. You have right? none. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah. like just stop white knuckling
0: whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's, I don't think, I don't think that's an invitation to just sit on your couch all day and eat bonbons and let like Jesus take the wheel. Right. Right. Like right. you have to so. be responsible and make choices and yes. work hard and, and do all those things. But to some extent when you can just let go do all those things and trust the rest will fall where it needs to, mm-hmm. that's really freeing. Yeah. Um, so I'm in that place right now where I feel like I'm free falling and I'm yes. like, somebody catch me. <laughs> And somebody will, and I'll land where I need to, but I'm just trying to also like enjoy the fall, if that makes mm-hmm. sense.
0: Yes, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, you and I are on the same page, sister. Yeah, we're just yeah. going side by side. So, we are here. We grab, are. grab a corner of my parachute. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we'll at least just, we have a parachute, right? We'll tumble at the ground. Exactly. Together. It'll be exactly. fine. Yeah. We'll land eventually. Exactly. May not be pretty, but we will land. Yeah, but you will land <laughs>
1: and you'll recover and you'll be, you'll be changed. Yeah, the landing always changes you. Yeah. Um, and then you'll be in pursuit of what's next. We always are in pursuit of what next is what next.
0: Sorry. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Pursuit, pursuit of what's next. What is next. Yes. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think we were kind of talking before the call started, about <clears throat> just those heart checks that we have to have with ourselves. Sure. Or, or in the midst of all of these things, like, okay, this is where I see my life going. This is what I would love to see, be a part of it. But like, why? What, Mm -hmm. what, you know, like, why do I want that? Is it my pride or is this like genuinely something I feel called to by the Lord? Like, Mm -hmm. what is that? So I don't really know what more to say about that, but always just that encouragement of like, we have to constantly be checking our hearts in the midst of these changes. So messy it's so messy. It's so messy. So and messy. sometimes we don't know what our why is. Right. But you have, you have to do the work to find it exactly. because without a
1: why you're just aimlessly walking around yeah. doing what, and it's, yeah. Yeah. The why, I mean, like tangible examples, if this is helpful, I don't know. I know you didn't really oh. ask a question, but oh, yeah. Um, yeah, those hard checks to figuring out your why. So like we talked about you're writing a book, I'm writing a book mm-hmm. and it's a process it's a really hard process um for some people (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um you know I had to have a heart check with yeah I had to have a heart check saying am I writing a book because I want to say I wrote a book or am I writing a book because I had a message to share or have a message to share and that's a really big heart check because a book is not an easy thing um we have a lot of heart checks as a married couple in my house with a third baby. Do we want yeah. a third baby because we want a third baby or do we want a third baby because we want to hopefully have a girl? Well, we're not guaranteed to get a girl and I pay you a thousand dollars. We'll get a boy. If we had it. <laughs> um, which would be lovely and wonderful and a gift, but yeah, I just, like right. But I just want to have the wisdom to look ahead and be cognizant of, okay, Ree and Andy my husband with three boys are we can always feel a tinge of not resent. That's a very strong word, but disappointment with our third, if yeah. it was for a boy, what a terrible, terrible yeah. burden to put on a child. Um, so it's a lot of hard checks is yeah. this third baby thing. Like, like what's, what's the why behind that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Our home, we built our home. We love our home, but they're building a 200 acre development behind us, which means, 10 years of construction happening um, in the near future. And we have a very busy road behind us um, Mm -hmm. and no fence. And I dread when my boys are outside playing, even when I'm with them. Um, And my three and a half year old goes outside by himself without telling me and I fear someone getting hit by a car. Um, And I would like to move before the construction starts so our house value doesn't decrease. And I've been telling my husband this for years. And we've been looking for a home and a lot and go to open houses and the real estate agents are catching on to us because we're crazy. Um, (laughs) But I keep coming back to like, we have to remember the why and it's because of that road and the construction. Otherwise, if those things weren't there, our house is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But we were looking for houses before the construction started, because I always felt like we needed something better and more cute and more white and more Instagram, pretty like, all yeah. the wrong reasons, right? So yeah. again, coming yeah. back to the why and we have a why now, but before that I didn't and what a heart yeah. shock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about a shop, like with my yeah. business. I'm in a season right now of um, my business changing a lot mm-hmm. and the why is really strong there um, yeah. and we can get into that if you'd like, but one of the avenues I've explored is opening a shop and I, I truly think one day when my children, like when I'm done having babies and my kids are grown and can, you know, get themselves in and out of a car and like yeah. wipe their own butts. Like, <laughs> that'll be a different season. That's great. Um, maybe a shop would be a great dream to pursue, but in this season right now, it's not.
0: Yeah. But I keep
1: coming back to why well, I should do a shop next year because it would be cute and it would look really great on Instagram. It'll make me a lot of money and I'll do pop-up shops and have, you know, cement, sealed floors and white walls and everyone will come in and take a picture of them holding a bouquet in front of them. And like, no, those are all the wrong whys to have a shop. Those are terrible whys, but it's really easy to get caught up in the wrong whys if you don't do the right hard work. And, um, I think like this is pivoting to a different conversation, but social media has been a really hard place for me Mm -hmm. over the last few years. Um, not because of anything specific or because I'm bitter or I'm upset or I'm sad, but like, just for me and how I'm wired and how much I care and wear my heart on my sleeve, Instagram was curating a type of, I guess, bitterness or discontentment that I didn't like. And every time I went on, it would grow and it would grow and it would grow at the same time I was scrolling. And I had to really take a step back and do some deep heart work last year and figure out Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change what people are doing. I'm one person in a big pond,
0: um,
1: but I can change how I react to it and how much I take in Mm -hmm. um, so that those things don't have influence over my life. Like I don't want to get dressed or talk to my kids or have a house or a marriage or a job or make decisions or go places because of what social media is influencing me to do. Yeah. And I feel like parts of my life were influenced that way. Yes, and I totally that's that. a really embarrassing thing to admit. Um, but I'm here to admit it because I'm open. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I just wanted to get to a place where I had a little more ownership over my decisions mm-hmm. because I came from a place of why and not a place of, oh, I saw that and everyone's doing mm-hmm. so I should too. Um, and just come to a place also where I felt a little more up, up, unapologetic about my decisions mm-hmm. and where I felt a little more private too. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't want to have to share that... And that's funny because it, co- it contrasts with how open I am. But I just think there's a time and a place and a method for sharing things, to share them for impact and not just to share them because it goes with a pretty picture.
0: Yeah, I um, think that's so good.
1: So I've been wrestling a lot with the social media thing, yeah. and for a while felt like, oh, I'm just the Debbie Downer that hates Instagram. Like, mm-hmm. just delete it, Re, if it's so hard for you. And I'm like, you know what? It is hard, and I don't feel bad about it. And. I'm trying to find proactive ways to feel better about it, and if I can help one other person who also struggles with
0: it, then that's great. So, no, anyways, I love that. No, I think that's so good. I mean, that's like tr- triggering this memory for me because I think, I th- I think so often we do we try to like curate these lives on social media that we convince ourselves will validate us. Right. Um, like I remember the last guy I dated seriously, which also was like. Hard and fast. Like it was like <laughs> we <laughs> fell hard and it lasted two seconds. But mm-hmm. I remember we I, I guess I was kind of pushing like, okay, are we gonna make it Facebook difficult? Which like gag me. <laughs> gag me. Why? I know, but that's the validation. But and he literally said to me, I kind of feel like you just wanna be dating so that you can put it on social media. And I was like, No. And then like once we broke up, I was like, Yep. He was on to something there. Like I wanted to tell the world I was okay. And like, I wanted, you know, that it was all of these things, which that's like a really dramatic, like example, but it was this thing of like, going back to the why, like, why did I want to, did I genuinely like him and want, which I did. He was a great guy and whatever. He's happily married now. All is fine. But, um, it was, it was like, what is the why behind everything that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think like there are sometimes, and you may experience this with clients as well. Like we'll have brides come in and you can tell, you can totally tell, like if that scenario is the scenario of their life too, of like, oh, well it just getting married is like what we're supposed to do. Like I want the picture on Instagram with the ring on my finger and I want to be able to post anniversary, like it becomes this like social phenomenon that it's like, Mm -hmm. but do you like actually love each other? Like, do you actually, it's all these things of like, why, why are we doing these things? Why are we choosing these things for our lives? When is it really what's best? And if the answer is yes, then great. And if there's a valid, beautiful why behind it, not that it has to be beautiful, but like concrete, stable, steady, like (laughs) <laughs> there's a bigger picture mm-hmm. and a deeper reasoning behind this, then awesome. Do it, go for it. <clears throat> but if mm-hmm. It's just for pride and validation of like things that there, the Lord can provide validation for you or like the people who genuinely love you in your life. Like you don't have to have a relationship with God to like have that all. Mm-hmm. We obviously believe that right. as Christians, but um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that was a total tangent, but that was just like. No, but there's a lot, my, of,
1: a lot of triggering.
0: Nightmare. Yeah, my triggering thought to all of that with yeah. you was, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's terrifying what, I don't know. Like social media can be used for so much good, but I think it can really like affect our hearts without even realizing it. Like if right. you had never said mm-hmm. that to me, I don't think I ever would have thought that through. Ever. I just you know? the but the why
1: is like it's so important. Like I and and I think too is we need to recognize we're all imperfect and we yes. all want validation. Yes. And I think to some extent like validation is good. Like yes. I like when people tell yeah. me my kids are cute because I think they're cute too. <laughs> and I like when people yes. tell me yeah. I like when people tell me I did a great job on a wedding and it looked beautiful because yes. thanks, I think it did too, and I worked really hard. Um <clears throat> or I like when I post it's my birthday and people wish me a happy birthday because I totally feel like, So I think there's a balance. And I think when we're looking for validation, I think sometimes the validation is good because it contributes to relationships and love and community. And those things are important. But I think, yeah, exactly. But I think it gets really dangerous when we post pictures of our perfectly clean home on a sunny day and then caption it, beautiful morning light. Like what is the why behind we, that? We know all the things are shoved into a corner. We know. And if they're not, that's great too. But like <laughs> in sharing that beautiful picture of your home clean with the sunlight streaming in where it looks perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the perfect is the problem. And I get that. I'm a perfectionist. So I get it. But <laughs> but like, what is the why behind sharing that? And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm just talking just generally for anybody. Maybe you're yeah. an interior designer and you're showing off like a, a new design in your home or it's your client's home. Or maybe you're a mom of five and you don't get a clean home all the time. So you want to humbly brag about how you got this space clean. I don't know. but like, yeah. What is the why? What is mm-hmm. you sharing that going to do to make the world or anyone else's life better? Mm. And what is it going to do for you? So in the five minutes, it might take you to take that picture or maybe clean the space, take the picture, filter it, upload it, caption it, and then probably refresh it really quick to see if anyone instantly liked it. <laughs> like what is what is that why for about yeah. two. Yeah. And I know I'm breaking this down in like a really silly way, but oh, this is so good. As soon as I broke it down that way, like my sharing went from every day to like literally once every few weeks cuz I'm like I truly have very little in my life to share. And all the things I was sharing before, <clears throat> they're still happening. Mm-hmm. I'm still having the cleanly lovely lit Clean, lovely, lit house. I'm still having the cute moments with my kids. I'm still doing the beautiful things with my clients. I'm still having special moments with my husband and avocado toast and beautiful latte art. Like those things are yeah. still happening in my life. I'm just enjoying them in real time and being present with them. And mm. I'm not whipping out my phone in front of friends, which when you don't use your phone as often, you notice how much more people are on their phones and it drives you crazy. Mm. But, yeah. anyways, I and again, these things are for me. They're not really like, hey, everybody find their why and stop showing pictures of your living room because I do it <laughs> every now and then too. But again, have a concrete why mm-hmm. so that there's some intentionality behind the actions that you have. And so your intentionality can inspire others too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like what is that life for us all to get 80 years old or however old and for us all to be in a retirement home trying to get the best selfie of the light streaming into the rec room? Like, does that matter? I like I don't. I hope it won't matter. Like, yeah, your grandchild walks in to visit you in the nursing home. Hold on, Grandma's just got to get this <laughs> selfie of the Coke machine in the corner. Like, I don't know. I just, I just don't think it's something that a you can take to heaven. Yeah. Or even beyond heaven, that's going to matter when you're old and gray, and at MTH and you know Power Sheets and the whole Cultivate team that's like their message, right? Like, where do you want to be when you're 80? And like, truly, where do you want to be when you're 80? Because the things you're doing now are the stepping stones to that. Mm. And I'm not saying don't share things and don't share your joy and your excitement or your fears or your vulnerabilities with people. Like you said, social media is a great platform and a great tool when used wisely. But be aware of the why and about where your heart is when you're sharing something. Because just like any tool, when used the wrong way can be damaging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Take them to church girl. Love it. I love it. (laughs) I love that. So, so good. So good. Like, and we could just be done right then, right then.
1: (laughs) Hey, it's your show. You, you call the shots girl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, and I think that that I was going to say like, what's, um, you know, a lot of our listeners find themselves in this season of engagement or newly married. And I I think all of that, I was going to say, what's an encouragement you can give to them in navigating these new seasons. But I think totally what you just like, be present, like just Mm -hmm. be present. And then there is, there's going to be pivoting, there's going to be changes. But I think one of the constants we can give ourselves is to be present, whether it's uncomfortable or not. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Would you say like, what would you say to that or add anything to that? Yeah, I think it's, <clears throat> I think hindsight is
1: always twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So it's so easy to look back on something and say, I wish I would have done this differently or and mm-hmm. experienced that differently or changed how I approached that. And I feel like with planning a wedding specifically in this day and age, there's so much pressure Yeah, to do things a specific way. And the pressure is only heightened by the fact that things cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pressure to do all these cute things that you might see on Pinterest and Instagram or at your friend's weddings, if you're in a season where all your friends are getting married, yeah it's really hard to handle the pressure when it's not even a matter of if you should do it or not. It's like you can't, cause you don't have the money. Mm. Um, so I think it's again, keeping that why mm-hmm. in check and being, wise about your priorities yeah. is really important. We always ask our clients when they book us, what are your three priorities? Each of you, maybe not together, but each of you. Yeah, And I say, you know, a priority can be your guest comfort. Your priority can be that your space is outside. Your priority can be that the food is farm to table and ethically sourced. Mm-hmm. Uh, your priority can be a live band. Your priority can be beautiful decor. Your priority can be a designer gown, but mm-hmm. just pick three. Yeah. Because unless you have an unlimited budget and even a million dollars is limiting, right? So unless you have an unlimited amount of dollars to spend on your wedding, we're going to have to cap it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to know what three areas are most important to you so that I can steer your planning process in a direction that makes sense.
0: Mm,
1: that's good. And when I have clients who don't want to pick priorities, um, which there's very few, yeah, <laughs> um, I constantly miss the mark planning because I'm just shooting at anything and that's stressful for me and it's stressful for them Mm -hmm. and then we plan a wedding that's just a hodgepodge of just selections that don't mean anything um so whether your budget's 15,000 or whether it's 150,000 pick those priorities and lean into them and let the rest be whatever it is yeah um I think also you know southern weddings used to always um promote this. And it was very much the heartbeat of what they believed in, but your wedding is one day and your marriage is the rest of your life.
0: Um,
1: I think it's really important to remember the intentionality behind why you're getting married um, because so much is going to change after that wedding and the wedding's important, but I don't think I have one wedding picture framed in my house because in -hmm. the last nine years we've lived so much more life than we could have ever lived on our wedding day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd replay the day my sons were born one of the days on our honeymoon, the day we moved into our house, some of the days we've had marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. I'd replay those days 10 times over before I'd replayed my wedding day. Mm -hmm. Not because my wedding day was terrible, but because it was just one chapter in a really, really rich story. Mm -hmm. And I just think had I had the wisdom to know that at 24, when I got married, but like the best is really yet to come. I think I would have loosened my grip on the wedding planning process, just a little bit more and enjoyed it for what it was worth. Mm. And that's easy for me to say, right? Because I'm totally. 33 and I'm married and I have two kids and like I've lived life and I have a lot more life to live. But I think if somebody can take that and really, again, put that in perspective for themselves and think yeah. like, okay, it's fine if every guest doesn't have a calligraph napkin at their place setting. And it's yeah. a- I'm getting married in December and I can't get peonies. And it's okay if the bustle doesn't look exactly the way I want it. Like those things, they matter, but like they matter to an extent. If somebody can hear what I have to say and let go of something that maybe just really doesn't matter so they can make space for the things that do, Mm -hmm. then lean into that. Yeah. And in 10 years, look back and be like, I'm grateful I let go of that. So,
0: yeah. Mm. That's a good
1: word, sis. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the same with anything. I don't think it's, I know your listeners are predominantly, you know, engaged people getting married, but I think that's the same for, um, having kids or, Mm -hmm. um, any big life season, whether it's changing a, a business or a working situation, or again, any going back to that change, what we started at, like anytime something changes, I think it's important to keep I don't want to say it's important to keep what's important, but it's critical to keep what's important at the forefront of your mind. Yeah. Um, and it, even like having babies, like having two boys and having two very different births, mm-hmm. I can confidently say my second child's birth, which they are both C-sections. One was emergency, one was not. But I can tell you going into my second it was much more enjoyable. Not because yeah. I knew what to expect, because you don't. I mean, right. you bogged through it, but there's no guarantee you're going to get the experience you're going to get. But just going in and almost like having open palms and saying, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to enjoy this and be grateful for it, however it happens, Mm -hmm. um, made that experience not perfect, but so much more sacred. Mm -hmm. And they were both sacred for different reasons, right? Like I got two lovely lovely kids. But um, I I went into my first trying to control everything Mm -hmm. and wanting it to be perfect and wanting to have the picture of me in the perfect robe mm-hmm. in the hospital bed with the curled yeah. hair. And like, I wanted the birth photography where like, here's me with my legs and the stirrups and I'm so strong because I didn't get an epidural, but I still look beautiful pushing this 10 pound baby out. Like I wanted those pictures. Yeah. But like, why? Mm. What was the why? So I right. could show my kid that one day. Are you kidding me? My boys would be like, mom's sick. Put that away. <laughs> no, like I wanted those so I could put them on my blog and show the world that I'm tough and I'm strong and everyone validate me and tell me how great uh-huh. I am. And, and for people that do that, that's wonderful. I, I honestly have such a soft spot for moms, especially the moms that do things their own way because it's a hard gig. But like for me, I was all backwards with my why.
0: Hmm.
1: And, and then I went through a season, or not a season, but an experience where we didn't think we were gonna leave the hospital with a baby and by the grace of God, we did. Yeah. And I think that gave me such perspective for my second to realize like the goal here isn't have beautiful pictures and a clever letterboard with our kids' name in the bassinet and you know the cute swaddle that matches the hat which our son had. Like the goal here is to like have a baby and have a healthy baby yeah. and to go home. And we had that. And it made that experience so much more special and lovely because my expectations were in the right place and my heart was in the right place. Mm. So I yeah. think that can be applied to anything. I don't think it's just having a baby or getting married. I think it's a career change. You're growing your team. You're starting a new business. You're opening a shop. You're walking away from a business. You're walking away from a relationship. You're starting a new one. You're mending an old one. You're moving states. You're moving across the country. You're moving to a, a new country. you are I mean, we can apply that to so many different yeah. situations. You have to have your heart in the right place. And you have to be comfortable with that changing for it to be
0: worthwhile. So mm. I love that. That like made me misty eyed over here. Oh, sweet. I hope that resonates with somebody. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Everyone's be like, I'm gonna just listen to this episode on repeat. <laughs> just the last. <laughs> time. Oh gosh. Yeah. So that's good. Well, that's
1: where I've been at this year is just in this constant state of thinking a lot, but not sharing a lot of it yeah and being okay with that and sitting sitting in the very messy discomfort of watching my pride Mm. being smart about where my pride is and being okay being unfollowed Mm. and being okay with not being liked by everybody Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it's even icky saying these things super icky. yeah um and being okay with what I share my treasures with and who I share my treasures with Mm. um and being comfortable with being important to the things that I never thought mattered. Mm. Um, and that's a really tricky one to talk about, but yeah. um, Good. I think we strive to be everything to everybody and we try to be important and relevant and you can't be relevant to everybody. And like, like you, you're going to fail every day. Yeah. You're going to fail. Um, we're all so imperfect and we're also wired differently and you can respect one another and love one another, but I don't think you have to like everybody and I don't think everybody has to like you and that's okay. Yeah. And I keep telling myself that and what a sobering like reminder to see that in my kids too and know that yeah. not everyone's going to like you guys either. And that's okay. Yeah. You can still love everybody and be kind. Yeah. Um, so all these things that we've been talking about today have just been very much the anthem of my life over the last, yeah. you know, eight months of having a colicky baby into our family and going through an awful winter. I know, you know, I was sick for almost this whole winter, like 24 urgent so care awful. visits. Um, I mean, it was, it was about six straight months of sickness in the hospital with mastitis. Um, a lot of business change, just a lot of things. And in the massive discomfort of feeling like I have no control over anything happening in my life. And mm. I'm so tired I had to hold on to something and a lot of it was God and a lot of it was just the things we've talked about and this is sort yeah. of I guess my wisdom that's come out of a really dark cold sick season it's like there was there was good and these are the yeah. things that came out of it so
0: um I hope it's helpful to somebody <laughs> no it totally will be and that's like a perfect leadway into <laughs> we we ask this as, of every guest that we have on the show Our mantra at twirl is, um, she twirled through life with a heart full of joy. Mm -hmm. What for you is, is the foundation of your joy? I mean, from like a a model standpoint, I don't really
1: have like a lovely, um, tied up with the bow one. Like you have, I'll work on that. But, um, (laughs) I mean, I think right now I just have to trust I'm where I need to be. Yes, Totally. And I, I would screenshot all my text messages with my husband um, because bless his heart. He's so sweet, but I, I'm right where I need to be. And I need to believe that and lean into that and soak up the joy that comes with that now. Even if it's yeah. not perfect and it's not where like, I think I need to be or should be like I am where I have to be right now. Yeah. Um. So I think, I think that would probably be my model right now in terms of what brings me joy. I know we talked about this before, mm-hmm. Um. With my kiddos I mean, yeah. there are ages right now that I just, again, I'm exhausted and <laughs> just yeah. always on my knees playing cars and tickles and whatever. Um, but I just, I love them so much. And I feel like I was given this season of life and these two mm-hmm. little kids so I could be the generational difference in my family, yeah. could be the mother that's just different from what I know. And, yeah. um to not lean into that, I feel like would be a disservice to what I've been called to do. So
0: those are my joys right now. I love it. That's so good. That's so good. Mm, I just like, oh, I just love you. I I love love you so much. So glad that you had me
1: on your podcast today. And I just love what you're doing for not just the brides that you get to give gorgeous gowns to, but your listeners and your reach is probably
0: bigger than you think it is. Oh my gosh. You're so kind. You're so kind. Well, yeah. tell our listeners where they can follow along with you, because um, those that don't already follow are going to be like, okay, where can I find her? Because I love her and want to follow her life yeah. <laughs> when she well, shares.
1: When she, no, shares. you're fine. And
0: instead of saying follow, I almost feel like come
1: join the conversation. Yes, I, I love think that. that's the best way. Like, that's no, good. don't follow me. Like, you can peek in and see what I'm up to, and maybe I'll peek in and see what you're up to. But yeah. there's no need to follow me. Um, I can go to my blog. It's rianembossi.com. So it's just my name.com. That's my lifestyle blog. Mm-hmm. Always encourage it, comments. Um, I'll comment back or go to your blog and see what you're up to. I think that's the best way to build community and relationship. Um, if you do want to see what I'm up to on social media and you're one of those people that follows a lot of accounts and want to add mine to it, then you can see <laughs> rianembossi on Instagram. I don't post a lot. I try to go on once a week if that, um, just to retrain myself to use my phone less and share less. Um, but my blog, it, since it's an extension of my business and it is a part where I can engage in a deeper way with people, it's a great place to find me if you're yeah. interested. So yeah.
0: I love it. It's a great blog, guys. You should oh, thank you. Follow. Yeah. It's, it's funny. A, go ahead. No, you go. You go.
1: I was gonna say it's it's not just weddings. So we share a lot yeah. of our work on there, but it's all the different facets of my life. So there's a lot of cooking recipes, a lot of hearts to hearts, a lot of, um, business advice, a lot of wedding cleaning advice, a lot of motherhood posts. I write a lot about motherhood, Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, resources for working moms. There's a lot of, um, just strategies for how I organize things in my home. And again, a lot of these things are not I just wrote a post about this. I'm not showing you the right or the wrong way to do things. I'm showing you the best way and the way that's worked for me. So I try to have my blog be a, a open place of sharing and inspiring versus a place of like telling you how to do things. Yeah. And I think it's become that. So um, totally. Yeah. Check it out. It's a good place. Check it out. Check <laughs> it out. We just celebrated our 10th blogging anniversary on Valentine's day. So it's oh, um, yeah. I've been writing for a long time and the, the blog has shifted and ebbed and flowed along with my life, but um, I hope that I have another ten years in me because it's it's a good place I think You do. Thanks. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm gonna like push you to do it. And the yeah, best way.
1: I love it. It's I always make time for it, and it's a commitment. Um, and not a lot of people stick with their blogs, but i was gonna um, say it's yeah, tried and true. Yeah, i It's done a lot of great things for my business. I yeah. I started a business before Pinterest, before Instagram, before Facebook marketing, mm-hmm. um, and I think my blog was by far one of the greatest assets to having my business take off the way it did. And I'm happy to talk to anybody about that further if they want, (laughs) um, because there's a lot of free value Mm -hmm. in having a blog. If you have the ability to carve out the time to do it, but that's a conversation for another day. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like if you're interested, just email me and we'll talk. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Ray, This was such a gift. I'm like so grateful for this conversation I would, I would be grateful for it if we haven't it, had it privately, but that other people get to hear on, in on it just feels like such a gift. So thank you, friend. I'm of so course, grateful for, for you. Having me. I'm so grateful and grateful for your listeners too. So yeah, they're good. They're a good crew. We're grateful for
1: them. Good. Good. Amazing. Well, thank you again for having me and
0: um, we'll catch up soon. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Bye, friend. I mean... I have yet to lead you astray, right? Re is as amazing as I hyped her up to be. I mean, she, she lives up to the hype and then some, right? Right. <laughs> Guys, I hope that this conversation, I know that it was lengthy, but I hope that it was life-giving. It was... I I really was just like riding this cloud nine high for the remainder of the day, but like a whole week after we chatted. And I hope that you feel the same way. I hope you feel empowered to take ownership over your life and what it looks like and that you can push past the lie that you have to live some social media validated life. You don't. Um, The life you have right in front of you is precious, so don't miss it because you think it has to look like something in a couple little squares on the internet. Um, And if you're planning a wedding, I hope that uh, her amazing tips and tricks about how to make that a joyous season helps you. Um, Guys, I'm telling you, her blog is Jam packed of just an an extension of everything we talked about today. So if you um, are new to the podcast because of Rhee, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Uh, we love that Re is in your life and that you're here now because of her. But if you are a faithful podcast listener and now Rhee is in your life because of the podcast, please, please, please hop over to her um, Instagram and blog and just engage with the conversation. She's got going on over there. They are, again, an extension and um, just a, a deeper dive into what we talked about today. So if you felt encouraged by it, hop on over there because she's not done yet. <laughs> um, Rhea, I love you, friend. Thank you so much for being on this with me today. You're a gift. I love you. And um yeah, just thanks for this friends. Don't forget to check out our friends at simply done invites. You can check them out on Instagram, on their website, all the things and use the code simply twirl for free RSVP invitations printing. And guys, if you loved what you heard today and you haven't already, will you please, please, please leave a five-star rating and a kind review on Apple podcast. That way we are able to get in the ears and hearts of more and more people, uh, not so that we're something great and grand, but because, we want this little piece of uh, the internet, airwaves, whatever, um, to be a place that people can come and feel encouraged and uplifted and a little less alone. So please, 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 if you haven't already, go let us know what you loved about today's podcast, click those five stars, and just know that we are deeply, deeply grateful for your love and support. Alright, guys, we've got one more episode before Christmas break, and it is a great one. So, if you're not already subscribed, subscribe while you're over there, leaving that five-star rating and kind review, uh, so you don't miss another episode, guys. We love you. We can't wait for next week, and we'll talk to you soon.